with another loss, should the Pelicans be worried about falling out of the play-in tournament? Plus, CJ McCollum is recruiting, but not in the sport you might think. It is the Wednesday edition of Locked On Pelicans. Let's go. You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with y'all on this Wednesday, coming to you after another Pelicans loss, this time to the Phoenix Suns. This one was... Close at times, a little rough at times. We'll talk about it over the first two segments of today's show. And then we're going to talk about CJ McCollum really getting into the New Orleans groove, which you absolutely love to see. And thank you for making Lockdown Pelicans your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast, five days a week, no paywall or anything like that. Pels Talk, League Talk, we got it all here Monday through Friday. And as you probably saw on Twitter, Chris Connor of Pelican Space is going to guest host the Friday episode while I am out of town. In today's episode of Locked On Pelicans, brought to you by Prize Picks. Check out prizepicks.com, use promo code MBA, or go to your app store and download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. All right, so the Pelicans played the Phoenix Suns last night, end of a four game road trip, losing 131 115. Yeah, like, this game is kind of a good encapsulation of what's going on for the Pels right now. It, you know, if they're going to get into the playing tournament right now, it looks like they're going to kind of back their way in. And it's more due to the Western Conference and the bottom of the Western Conference being absolutely terrible than any of these teams being good. And in fact, on today's episode <coughs> sorry, of Locked on NBA... John Corrales and I talked about it. Is the playing tournament really working as intended if some of these teams are so bad, but why why are they there? Minnesota is 10 games above 500. They're at 7. You've got the Pelicans who are 12 games below, sorry, 11 games below 500. Is that really fair to a team like the Minnesota Timberwolves? Whereas in the Eastern Conference, it's working as intended, right? You've got five teams, four teams, six teams that are all within like four games, five games of each other. And then you come west, and that is certainly <coughs> not the case at all. So I don't know how fair it is. The good news is it's making us pay attention to this team. The lower bowl was packed in the Smoothie King Center. It was a really good turnout on a Tuesday night for a team that was likely going to beat them. You don't get that, I think. If the Pels weren't in play-in tournament contention, I don't think the attendance would have been nearly as good. So on one hand, it's working. On one hand, it is not. And it just wasn't working on the court for the Pelicans, I think, in this game. This one, again, encapsulation of all their problems, right? Could not defend the three-point line. The Phoenix Suns shot 53%, 18 of 34 the Pels were actually okay, 12 of 34 from deep 35%. But letting a team shoot above 50%, and these were created looks. This was just that bad defense, right? I, I, I saw this coming. I saw it coming during the four-game winning streak. I did a whole segment about it. They were giving up too many wide-open looks from three that teams were just missing during that winning streak. Really good looks 
The teams were just bricking, basically. And so now they're not bricking them, and you're seeing New Orleans struggle. This is something that they're going to need to try and fix and figure out this offseason. What is leading to some of these bad rotations? The start of it is bad contained on the perimeter from your guard play. CJ McCollum was back in this game. Great. Needed a guy like that back into the lineup. But he's not a good defender. He's a little undersized out there at the point guard spot at times too. He's not, And he's not a good defender. So when you're starting him and Devontae Graham, a backcourt that gives you no defense whatsoever, teams are going to be able to drive and attack. And they did. Devin Booker managed to get into the lane. Other Cameron Payne managed to get into the lane. Those guys also made threes. And then kick it out to others to make those shots. You're going to lose when that's the case. So, you know, guy like Devin Booker drives into the paint. Two defenders collapse on him. He's got his guy who he blew by recovering to get to him. It's two and a half, three guys right down low. That means someone's going to be open. And they're so open that... They just kick the ball out, and like that's that. And it's a made three because it's a wide open look. Mikhail Bridges, four of five. Jay Crowder, three of six. Devin Booker, four of nine. Campaign, two of three. Torrey Craig, three of six. Landry Shamit, who's not been good this year, four, uh, two of five. That's Those are insane numbers. Everyone who made a three made multiple threes. And the Pelicans had no answer to that on defense. And then... They still looked a little bit out of sorts without Brandon Ingram. Turning the ball over was a real big problem this one. 17 turnovers compared to just 8 for the Phoenix Suns. Just really sloppy play, particularly from CJ, who got into some trouble driving down low at times, trying to go baseline at times, and just simply lost the ball. You saw a couple of guys just straight up lose the ball, lost their dribble, lost their handle, and it turned into points on the other end for the Phoenix Suns. They didn't really torch New Orleans in transition, but they scored 33 points off those 17 turnovers. When you see something like that, you know, you just kind of shrug. And when you have Devin Booker doing what Devin Booker does, 27 points on 20 shots, 11 of 20, right? Eight assists, two steals. He's going to have a pretty decent game there, five rebounds too. So it's a combination of running into a good team and... Just playing like crap, pretty much, is what New Orleans did. There were some good individual performances. We'll talk about those coming up here next in the next segment. But it's just kind of rough going without Brandon Ingram to get some points and to cut down on some of those turnovers and have a more efficient offense. But you are also not going to win very many games until you figure this defensive thing out. Willie Green said he put this one on him. Whatever, you know, they're not sticking to the defensive game plan, what have you. Again, I don't know how good that defense actually was during that four-game winning streak when teams were just missing wide-open shots against you. So they, this is something that Willie Green is going to have his work cut out for him to try and figure out how to get this team to get a stop here and there because they absolutely need to do that if they want to get to the ninth spot and not just back their way into the play-in tournament. But I don't think they're necessarily you know, in danger of falling out of the play-in tournament just yet. Sorry that I keep coughing. I cannot shake this thing. Um, that as long as you beat the Spurs, the Portland Trailblazers, and the Lakers, you'll you'll be in a good position. You'll still get in. The other games don't matter nearly as much. 
All right, coming up, let's talk a little bit about Herb Jones, Jackson Hayes in this one, because they are still playing well. That's coming up here next in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Before we do that, though, all right, Pelicans fans, are you looking for a daily fantasy option for the NBA? Then you need to try the award-winning app, Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love this, and I know you will too, and it's super easy to use. You pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry, and it's just you versus the projected numbers. You're not playing against a guy who's got spreadsheets and algorithms and like 10 monitors trying to find the right things. You see the numbers, and you pick above them or below them. It's so easy that entries can be made in 60 seconds or less, and it's uh, Price Picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals. And you get to use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. And Price Pick Price Picks offers any prop you can think of, from points scored to rebounds, even steals. And they allow mixed sports entries. You want to take Herb Jones the over on steals? You can do that, along with a soccer player or someone from college, whatever it might be. And Price Picks doesn't just happen to offer NBA. They have options for college basketball, college football. When it's in season, NFL when it's in season, we're getting the MLB back, soccer, MMA, and more. So for a limited time, Price Picks is an exclusive no-brainer of an offer for all of our uh, all of the Locked On Pelicans listeners. You're gonna get fifty dollars for free if a player in your first Prize Pick entry scores a single point. But you must use promo code NBA. That's right. This is an exclusive offer available to Locked On fans. Sign up today. Use the promo code NBA for fifty dollars for free if a player in your first Prize Pick scores a single point. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. All right, thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen. Now, for your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast. Nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts. It's free, available wherever you get your podcast. You can't get all the context from a box score. All right, so the Pelicans lose to the Phoenix Suns, 131-115. Look, no Brandon Ingram against the best team in the league. You'd have liked them to have played a little bit better. You know, they call, they clawed their way back into this one after being down early before really got away from them at the end of the third when Devin Booker put up, what, seven points in, a, in like 30 seconds, six points in 30 seconds, something along those lines. Um, it, it just kind of is what it is. But you also did have some good individual performances. After being in a bit of a shooting slump for the month of February and month of March so far, Herb Jones decided he wanted to have himself a game, let all Pelican scorers with 22 points. 7 of 11 from the field, and more importantly, 3 of 6 from deep. 5 of 5 from the line, 5 rebounds, 3 steals. It's a good game for the rookie. His offense has just been a bonus anytime he pops off. The fact that his three-point shot is starting to fall again, and if he can get into a rhythm with that, just makes him a much better player. You want to see him climb up the Rookie of the Year rankings, and he's not going to win. He's not going to win. Evan Mobley's been really good, and that's who I'd, like hands down, give it to. But Herb Jones needs to be a guy that's getting at least some consideration, some third, fourth place votes, what have you, for Rookie of the Year. He's been that good, and has pay, you, know, you should be paying more attention to him if you're a national person. The defense has been Excellent. Again, a rookie coming in and starting as many games as he does is, you know, not uncommon, but it's not an easy thing to do, let alone that rookie being the 35th pick in the draft. He is far, far outplaying his draft position. There should be something said for that, that you have different expectations than an Evan Mobley, than her, you know, compared to Herb Jones. So Herb Seeing this kind of explosion of points is only going to be a good thing for him in terms of just end-of-season hardware. 
And it's going to be important for the Pelicans. Again, they're going to have a stretch where you might have a Brandon Ingram off game when he comes back or CJ McCollum off game. And he wasn't, you know, truly amazing with five turnovers in this one. You need other guys to be able to step up. Should you actually get into the playoffs or the play in tournament? You know, these role players, which is what Herb Jones is, hitting shots, making plays is going to only create more trust and confidence in him from guys like CJ and Brandon Ingram. That means that if Brandon Ingram has the option of going through a triple team or kicking the ball out to Herb Jones, he's not going to take the triple team which he might if he didn't trust Herb Jones, if he didn't know that Herb Jones could do these sorts of things. And after being in a bit of a scoring slump, a bit of a shooting slump to see him break out again, yes, definitely a good thing. Kind of same goes for Jackson Hayes. 16 points in this one, four rebounds, six of seven. DeAndre Ayton's a handful, certainly, on the defensive side, something he was working on at times, so was Jonas Valanciunas. But again, going six of seven shows that this is a guy that can contribute to this squad, that he has a future with this team. Again, he's not a starter long term for them, at least right now at the four. But can he be a big man off the bench that gives you some energy? Can you use him when you need to go super tall against teams? Does he fit next to multiple bigs? Yes. The answer is yes to all of that. And I think that's a really important thing for his development, for this team, too, to really find a place for him. The challenge is going to be when he's not starting, when does he come in? What are the lineups that you use him with? You know, do you put him with a guy like Jose Alvarado to give him a pick and roll big man? And, you know, you've seen Jackson Hayes work really well as a pick and roll guy, basically rim running, getting there, trying to get the ball up high and slam it down. And he still has made some of he made some of those plays early on in this game, showing he kind of picked up from where he left off Sunday, where he was high flying all around. They, I like him as a starter for right now. Again, defensively, he he doesn't work there. Larry Nance Jr. is going to help with some of that when he comes back healthy, which should be somewhat soon. But where does his role come in when he's coming off the bench? That's going to be you know when Zion's healthy, right? Because Zion's going to slot right into that four spot. I'm going to be kind of curious to see and. I think that's something that, again, Willie Green has got his work cut out for him. Finding a role for Jackson Hayes that's going to allow him to really succeed. So we'll see. Jose Alvarado in this one. Good enough defense. Good assist. Seven on the night, but no scoring again. This is why I said when we talked about him the other day. You know, he's a key player going forward. If you want to know when he's probably going to sign you know, an actual NBA deal's contract will be converted from a two-way to a permanent deal. I gave it away in that show, or I kind of told you when I'm expecting it in that show at the very least. He He's going to have these nights where he actively hurts you. Again, a little bit undersized. The defense wasn't amazing, wasn't horrible, but he struggles to score at times, and the three-point shot isn't always there, and that can be, I think, a problem for him, as it was. He was 0 for 4. Okay, with two turnovers, three points, two turnovers, seven assists, minus 24 on the night. Not the greatest line for the Pelicans undrafted two-way rookie. But you kind of live with that. Again, I think he might be better in a game like this with the starters when they're going to need just some more quality guard play and a little bit of defense against a pretty lethal backcourt player in Devin Booker. And you can throw him in there for a little bit, though Booker really cooked him with his height advantage, I think. So... It kind of just is what it is. Useful player to have, but there's going to be some very real limitations to how he can help you win or if he's going to be contributing to a loss. All right, coming up, CJ McCollum recruiting to New Orleans, just not for the team that we were actually expecting that that would happen. 
but I love it nonetheless. But before we get into that, today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar out there. You know, I like to eat a protein bar when I'm on the road for work, when I'm in the office and I just want like a lighter lunch, something not heavy that's going to like fill me up and then basically just put me to sleep under fluorescent lights or something along those lines. Built Bar is my go-to. I look forward to eating one of these things every single day. I eat them again for lunch almost all the time, but I've used them for breakfast. They are so good. They taste like candy bars. Some of them even taste better than candy bars. I love the mint brownie. I love the white chocolate raspberry cheesecake. I love the churro puff bar or the coconut brownie chunk. They are so delicious that I look forward to it. And I've been trying to eat healthier. And these things taste so good. They are covered in 100% real chocolate. You're not going to realize you're eating something good for you that when I have sugar cravings, things like that, instead of going for cookies or whatever, I'll go for the Built Bar. Take a bite of that and kind of get through all of that and feel much better about it. And if you go to built.com and scroll down to the macros chart, you're going to be blown away. 130 calories, 4 grams sugar, 4 net carbs, 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar or any of your other protein bars that you're taking. Built Bar is going to be just as healthy for you, if not healthier, and it's going to taste better. It's not like a brick, right? It's not way too chewy, way too dense, metallic-y, all of that stuff. This tastes good. You're going to look forward to eating them. So go to built.com, use promo code LOCK15. You're going to get 15% off your next order. Again, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off over at built.com. All right, thank you for making Lockdown Pelicans your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast, five days a week, Monday through Friday, breaking down everything you want to know about the team. And now it's CJ McCollum getting into NFL free agency. Also, make sure your second listen is Locked On Saints because they're going through all of this right now. But CJ McCollum, who is a lifelong Browns fan, is making a recruiting pitch for their former Pro Bowl receiver, Jarvis Landry. Okay, that is a pretty cool thing to be able to see, right? This is a guy that is just arrived in New Orleans, you know, loves the Browns. They all have the teams that they root for, but has so totally embraced the city that he's making tweets trying to recruit former LSU players to come play for the Saints. That is, a, like, you just love to see it. It's so great. The tweet was, loved you on my Browns, brother Jarvis Landry and Landry's Twitter handle. Know you a Southern fellow. Why not come south to the Saints? I'll be at some games this year. Like, how much do you want to just give CJ McCollum a hug? I, I do. You know, I saw a joke that it was like, we need to give him a key to the city if he's going to do that. He doesn't need that. He's got the key to all of our hearts after something like that. He just... Again, it's the, the definition of the line that Drew Brees has said that Zion Williams said Drew Brees told him. And it was like, if you love New Orleans, it'll love you back tenfold. This is not hard to do. And CJ McCollum is much more active on Twitter than, say, like Zion Williamson is. But you look at this and it's like, come on, Zion, like do something that just completely turns things around. He did a little bit of that going to church and everything, too, I think was a great move um, and getting some press out of that. But this is so easy, and it just makes you love C.J. McCollum more. You, want you, dear listener, probably want to just give him a lifetime contract or something along those lines. It's awesome. It's awesome to see someone embrace New Orleans. Again, he wanted to be traded here. He worked with the Portland Trailblazers a little bit to end up on like a preferred destination of his. And this is what it was because he sees a lot of potential here. It also seems like he genuinely likes the city of New Orleans, which is, look, not always the case when it comes to professional athletes. So 
seeing this tweet, seeing him kind of embrace everything here. Yeah, sign me up for more of that. And let's see if we can get this to rub off on the rest of the Pelicans. Easiest like PR move that CJ McCollum has ever done. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of Locked on Pelicans. Thank you all very much for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, and I'll be back with you all tomorrow. Oh, don't forget, I've got we've got the, the fan meetup with the, the media on the 26th for the Spurs game. Get a ticket. It's on my Twitter account. I'll tweet it out more today. All right, thank you all for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, and I'll be back with you all tomorrow.